Welcome to the MKN Coaching Podcast. Today we've got a special guest, Harriet Frew, who is an eating disorder therapist. Now, Harriet and I are going to have a chat about the difference between coaching and therapy. Now, this is a subject I've been wanting to dive into for a while because I believe both coaching and therapy can be extremely valuable when done at the right time. Now, of course, I'm a huge believer in good coaching and at the same time, gaining an understanding of where we are in our journey and who we are through therapy and being willing to address some of those potentially deeper issues can be an absolutely invaluable experience. So to talk more about that and tell us about the differences between coaching and therapy, here's Harriet. Harriet, thank you so much for joining us on today's episode. Uh, The first question I'd really love to run by you for everyone listening is, what would you say the key differences are between coaching and therapy? So... I guess coaching tends to be more goal orientated, more action orientated, focusing perhaps more on the present and the future. Mm -hmm. And probably often with coaching, it may be perhaps shorter in duration, more likely to be sort of time limited, like a shorter piece of work. Mm -hmm. And I guess coaching is often directed maybe towards health or work goals or specific personal development or you know it can have a specific target yeah whereas counseling I think or counseling or psychotherapy I mean I think again many of the things I've just said about coaching can also be true now particularly for counseling um but I guess more generally counseling and psychotherapy tends to focus more on the past looking at deeper issues understanding trauma Understand, mm-hmm. understanding kind of psychological blocks looking at the why you know why am I feeling like this where's that come from mm. and I guess as well perhaps again more historically counseling would probably tend to be like a longer term piece of work mm-hmm. um, and it would probably as well I'm generalizing but perhaps be a bit less focused on one specific area um, but I think as I sort of said to you before we were sort of coming on the call I think coaching and counselling today have kind of joined a bit more in the middle, actually. There is a bit Mm -hmm. more overlap between them. For sure. Yeah, because I'm very aware something that I definitely don't do as a coach, I never get someone on a call and dive into their past a whole lot. It's very much about someone can confide in me something if they would like to, though there's not much of that conversation that's about you know and what was your relationship like with your mother and what were things like growing up and all you know of course something can be said if someone wants to say it though I'm really glad that you said that because that definition or that clarification of therapy being more about understanding the past and kind of gaining insight into maybe why things are the way they are and coaching being more of present moment and forwards. Is that kind of what you were saying? Yeah, I think so. I mean, I think, again, it's um, if you're viewing it as kind of in a quite black and white way, I think those are more that, yeah, counselling tends to be more kind of deep-rooted, trauma-focused, the past, understanding why. Coaching is more kind of present, looking at action, taking steps forward. Yeah. And 
But what might be some of the indicators that therapy would be a really good fit for someone? So I guess if you're listening to this and you recognize that maybe some things have happened in your past that you know are impacting you today, because I guess with a lot of coaching tools, they can be really valuable, you know, in terms of like working on our beliefs, changing our thinking, you know, learning different skills and strategies. But I guess if you're carrying with you some underlying trauma, you know, maybe something's happened to you in your childhood, it could be things like kind of bullying, it could be like a bereavement, it could be emotional abuse at home, it could be something even more traumatic. I think we can't heal from those things sometimes without doing some of the deeper work because you can channel a lot of energy into using like tools and skills and developing a positive mindset but if you're still kind of carrying that trauma it's almost like it's going to be kind of leaking out of you almost Mm. it's like trying to put a plaster over a wound which doesn't really fix it you know I guess Mm. As painful as it is, it is actually a helpful thing to probably look at the trauma as and when you're ready, of course, and to work through that with the right support so you can heal from it. Mm. So, yeah. so yeah, I guess, it, you know, that that would really be an indicator that the deeper work would be something that could be really, really useful. Mm. Thank you so much for that clarification. I think, you know, it's going to be really helpful to a lot of people. And in light of that, you know, there are so many different titles within the realm of therapy, so many different kinds of therapists, you know, like there's uh, there's counseling, someone might be called a a counselor or a therapist or a psychotherapist or a psychologist or a psychiatrist or a psychoanalyst. You know, what are some of the key differences between all those, those practices? And how do you know maybe which one would be the best fit for you? Yeah, and a great question. And I'm probably not going to answer this completely accurately because of <laughs> if you're listening and you fall into one of these categories, I'm probably not going to do it justice. But I guess speaking generally, psychiatrist is someone who is medically trained. Okay. So, you know, they're a trained medical doctor. They will often be prescribing medication And they might be taking histories, exploring someone's personal history with them, but they're less likely to be doing active therapy. Mm -hmm. Um, But again, generalization, I'm sure some psychiatrists do do that, but they're more coming at it from the medical side. Mm -hmm. Um, Clinical psychologists, they are people that are trained to work with people psychologically and they're trained within the NHS. Um, they actually become doctors they have to do a big research project and I mean very interestingly I'm a counsellor but I work a lot with clinical psychologists in my NHS role Mm -hmm. and what I understand with my with the work I've done with clinical psychologists is um, it's probably a bit more sort of formulaic following particular models of working in a more structured way So, you know, if they're going to do, say, cognitive analytic therapy, they will, you know, be very aligned with the research, will be very much following the model, doing it in a a more kind of, um, I don't want to use the word rigid because 
that doesn't make it sound so helpful, but I guess in a more structured way. Mm-hmm. Then moving sort of away from more of the NHS stuff towards like there's counsellors. So like I'm a counsellor. So a counsellor, mm-hmm. I guess, is trained to do psychological work with people. And you can be trained in very different ways to do that work. So you might be trained more to explore the past, which would be having a more sort of psychodynamic background where you are much more looking at the past, meanings about the past, um, you know, helping someone to really make sense of their history. There's person-centered counselling where you're much more that sort of Carl Rogers, you're much more in the present, mm-hmm. being very validating, using the core conditions, really holding space for the client to feel safe and to open up. And there are many counsellors now as well do more kind of skills and sort of strategy, I guess, focused therapy, like cognitive behaviour therapy, compassion focused therapy, things like that as well. So you can, you know, and, and many people like myself, I'm quite integrative. So I will use, I work on the past and I work on the present and the future as well. And for me personally, I find that really works quite well to draw on all aspects Mm. psychotherapists I guess tend to do like the counseling work but in more depth it's a longer training that they have to go through to become a psychotherapist they will be focusing more on the past it tends to be a longer term treatment and perhaps particularly effective for trauma and that kind of thing Mm -hmm. so I mean that's kind of a really broad overview I'm probably not done very eloquently but perhaps it'll give people a little bit of an insight into the different types. Absolutely. Yeah. Like those kind of clarifications would, you know, help so many people because of of course we hear about therapy and, you know, we even hear the different titles that therapists have, but really so many of us are are in the dark as far as what each different title or or which, which job description does what. So with that said, if someone decides that you know therapy might be a good fit for them and they'd really like to go down that path, what should someone really look for in a therapist? So obviously there's a lot of training involved in being a therapist and there's going to be a lot of common ground between therapists, but there's a lot of room for individuality and approach as well from, from what I can understand or from what I understand about the process. So how how to really know when a therapist is is a good fit for you sure i mean great question i mean i think i guess the first thing just in terms of if you're like looking on a directory of therapists the first thing you want to look at is just making sure the people that you're looking at are qualified and specialized to work with whatever condition it is that you're dealing with mm-hmm. you know that's quite fundamental so Say, for example, obviously, I work in eating disorders, and that is quite a specialist area, I guess, and um, tends to be something that therapists, some therapists are very drawn to, some therapists are not so much. So if you've got, if you're struggling with an eating disorder, you'd want to look to, I guess, to see if someone's qualified to support you with that. But most of the research has shown that what's the most healing thing about therapy is the relationship. So... What's fundamental, I guess, is finding somebody that you feel that you can open up to, that you can trust, that you can be vulnerable with. And sometimes maybe you might have to meet with two or three people. And often people will offer a free session 
or something so you can almost test the water a bit Mm. but I think I would say it's quite a kind of feeling thing really just when you're talking to someone to know is this someone I feel safe with is this someone that I feel I could open up to and you just got to kind of go with your gut a bit I guess and 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 follow that um so and and it might be useful as well I think you know sometimes you might want to think about do I want to work with someone who's older do I want to work with someone who is male or female or whatever you know just to think about the things as well which are going to help you because say for example if someone's had a specific trauma with um a particular figure in their life if they're going to therapy and the therapist is similar age or kind of represents that person Mm. that could make it very very difficult to open up so it's just really useful I guess just to think a bit like where am I going to feel safe where am I going to feel most understood in light of more and more we're seeing people having coaches and therapists and you know these two professions kind of work alongside quite often First of all, how might someone benefit from a combination of coaching and therapy done at the same time? And in an ideal collaborative situation where someone is working with a coach and a therapist, what might the therapist be focusing on and what might the coach be focusing on? I think my personal view would be that, say if you were, I'm going to talk about eating disorders again, obviously that's what I do, but... I think if someone's working with an eating disorder therapist and an eating disorder coach at the same time, it could be a little bit confusing. Mm -hmm. Um, Not to say, I think there could be great value in doing those two pieces of work at different times. But if you are working with them simultaneously, you could be pulled a bit in different directions, I guess. Just with, you know. Um, But I guess, you know, I was sort of thinking maybe if someone's doing the deeper work on their eating disorder, they could be working with a coach at the same time and doing a specific bit of work around self-esteem or maybe like confidence at work or maybe focusing on a specific skill, which in a way is, is very much perhaps complementary to what they're doing in their therapy or counselling. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, it's not confusing things in terms of like too much overlap do you see what I mean and being pulled in different directions absolutely I think you just really brought something into light there for example working with a therapist who specializes in say eating disorder recovery while also working with a coach who specializes in eating disorder recovery could create some of that uh, dissonance if those two professionals have maybe slightly opposing methods, something that I've found to be incredibly, like an incredibly useful and and beneficial situation, like as a coach, is a client working with a therapist who's not so much focusing on the eating disorder as they are focusing on providing insight and healing in other areas of, of the client's life, regardless of what situation if you're working with two professionals, it's it's best that they don't have kind of conflicting ideas. It's best that they're either looking at different areas of your life and helping you with different areas of your life, or if they are both specialists in the same area, they best communicate 
Yeah, no, definitely. And I guess just you talking it through, it just makes me realise it's probably just so individualised to each situation, isn't it? Because I guess when I was talking about perhaps it not working, I was very much thinking about like the way I work, I do quite a coaching element alongside my deeper work. Mm. So for me, if my client was working with a coach as well, there could be more just more potential for confusion, I guess, because if I mm. might be setting homework tasks, then the coach might be as well and yeah. it just might be clashing a bit. But it probably just really depends, doesn't it? Like like what you're saying, like if someone's doing that deeper work, understanding the why, not so eating focused, looking at the deeper issues, but then you're doing the more kind of focusing on the food, maybe emotional tools, that could be very complementary, but it, it's probably just, it's very really tailoring it, isn't it to the individual and making sure that the professionals communicate clearly. Mm. Yeah, that kind of communication between professionals is something that, like, like I said, I always reach out to try and do, and I, I would love to see more of it. So if there was anyone listening who's maybe listened to what you said and thinking, you know, maybe, maybe therapy might be something that could benefit them, what would you recommend to that person as their first steps? So I guess there's various directories out there in terms of if you wanted to start looking for a therapist, like there's um, a great website called welldoing.org um, set up by Louise Chan. Um, he's a, he was a journalist um, and has now, you know, channeled all her energy into this brilliant website. So that is a great place as a starting point where you could, you can, and they will actually kind of, you can actually search by the kind of therapy that you want. So you can search by kind of, I don't know, therapist kind of age, whether you want it online, um, the kind of area you want to focus on, if you want to focus more on the past, if you want to focus more on the present and the future. So they can really, really tailor it. So that's one directory. There's also um, the counselling directory. Um, also, the British Association for Counselling and Psychotherapy have a website. So there's various different places that you can look on. And I guess if you're looking for specific help, say for an eating disorder or something like that, things like the National Association for Eating Disorders has a database of support as well. So um, there's various different places, I guess, that you can kind of, you know, you can look into search on Google and it will bring up um different options for you fantastic and if people want to speak directly to you or that or they want to hear more about what you do where can they find you so i'm on instagram at the eating disorder therapist underscores between each word <laughs> um my podcast as well the eating disorder therapist and my website the eating disorder therapist.co.uk all places that you can get in touch amazing Thank you so much for your time today, Harriet. Okay, thank you for having me. And that's us for today's episode. If you have any questions about this episode or you'd like to reach out to talk about how you can free yourself from stress and anxiety surrounding food, you can find me at mkanecoaching.com or mkanecoaching on Instagram. Thank you again for tuning in and we'll chat again soon.